You are listening to Myth Behaving, a podcast with a little bit of attitude on the literary world. Won't you come Myth Behave with us? Hello, hello, and welcome to Myth Behaving. This is episode number 11. We are really getting up there, and we are recording on May 19th. I'm Mary Wilson, and I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Carla Clifton. Hey, Carla, how are you today? I tell you what, I'm doing really great. It has been a fabulous day here in Southeast Texas. It's uh, like 90, 95 degrees, something like that. Um, But it's been beautiful most of the week, and I've been out gardening and doing all those real-world things. How have you been, Mayor? I've been good. You know what? We've had beautiful weather here, too. Of course, we're getting into our, our summer weather now, so it's it's starting to heat up, and it's been in the 80s and 90s a little bit, and I was informed I have a dove in my uh, grapevine arbor, so I don't know why I have a dove out there, but I do have a do- nesting dove out there, so that's got to be good luck for something, right? It does. You know, my daughter had the same thing happen in one of her potted plants on her porch, and not only that, when those doves hatched and flew away, another dove set a family decided to, that they liked that spot too, and they laid eggs there too just a week later. <laughs> it was kind of freaky, <laughs> so they must be going to have really good luck. I'm I'm assuming that doves bring you good luck. If not, I'm making it up. And if I'm making it up, I'm believing it anyway because I like it. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Well, anyway, hello, everybody. Each myth-behaving show features a special guest from from the literary world. It could be a writer, publisher, agent, editor, or anyone else connected with the world of publishing. And we have several special segments that are related to reading or writing or both. in the library of a myth behavior. That means it's time for something from the library of a myth behavior, which of course is me. And today I'm recommending Violet Midnight by Lynn Rush. This is book one of the Violet Night trilogy, guys, and it's very cool. It's about a vampire hunter named Emma Martin, and Emma has this really neat mystical tattoo that glows whenever vampires are near, and that special ability kind of makes her college life interesting, to say the least. And, of course, Emma meets very soon in the book this fascinating guy by the name of Jake Cunningham who's another student and he has supernatural powers too so the two of them hook up to fight the good fight and you talk about a fun read with vampires back in their traditional roles as the bad guys this is an awesome series I love it I love it that must mean our special guest today is Lynn Rush welcome to the show Lynn and thank you so much for joining us thanks you guys I'm really glad to be here we're thrilled to have you chat with us Lynn Uh, especially I am because I've had the pleasure of getting to work with Lynn over the last couple of months because we've we both had books come out um, near the same time she came out in April and I came out in May and it, you know, she's been sharing her expertise with some of us newbies, and uh, 
we're going to have a big Twitter party on May 21st. I know some of you will be listening to this after that, but those of you who listened before, by all means, check out our Facebook pages and our websites, and we'll have Lynn's links up. But check those out because we're going to have a, a Twitter party, and our, our guest, Lynn, is the one who is the expert on that. But getting back to your series here, Lynn, uh, you have another series in addition to the Violet Knight trilogy. Would you tell us a little bit about that one? Sure. It's actually called the Wasteland Trilogy. It was my first one with Crescent Moon Press. Wasteland was the, the first of the six books they bought. And it's about a 400-year-old half-demon who really didn't plan on being a half-demon. His mom kind of sold a soul before he was even born. So he's seeking redemption, and, you know, if he gets hooked up with a girl, it's it's all it's ball game for him. He's full demon. So you can see a little tension going on there when he hooks up with a with a nice little guardian. I love that. I've got to read that series. It's on my list to read. Yeah, it was a fun one. You know, it was my first book, Wasteland. It, it's my baby. My four hundred year old half demon's my baby. That's kind of weird to say, but I really enjoyed it. And what's unique about it is it's first person male point of view, which is pretty strange for romance. But I love it. I love writing that. That is, that's different, and it's also, it really is different, especially for the paranormal romance genre, which is almost, you get a lot of first person, but they're, they're all female, so that's, that's a fascinating little tidbit. I'm going to have to move that up my list a little bit higher than it is, which it's already pretty high. <laughs> Great. Of truth and mythery. Of Truth and Mythery is a segment where we take a commonly held publishing or writing belief and examine whether it's true or just another myth. Lynn, feel free to answer this. Social media is not important for an author. <laughs> Definitely myth. Gotta have social media. Love it. Why do we have to have social media? I mean, what is it about social media that is so important to an author? Well, for me, social media started out just fun, interacting, getting to know people. And then I heard a rumor that, oh, all authors need to do it to sell their book, to market themselves. That's actually secondary to me. First and foremost, it's relationships, getting out there, meeting people. Yeah, they're going to find out. I'm an author. They're going to find out I have six books out there and that I donate part of my proceeds to cancer and all that fun stuff just by interacting. But really for me, it's getting out there, getting to know the people and hanging out together online. Since I can't be everywhere at book signings and every state or country, I get to talk to tons of people all over the world. So using it to connect, and that's a really good point, is using it to connect with not only the people that are in your local area, but people that you wouldn't be able to get to normally. Exactly. It's so important. The internet has helped so much with that. And then Authograph, I can sign electronic copies, you know, no matter where you are, you can pin them up, you know, start your own collection of signed covers and, and get to interact with them on a personal level. It's awesome. I love it. Tell us about Authograph. I've, I've looked at that a couple of times and I haven't figured out how it works exactly. Would you walk us through that a little bit? Well, sure. Um, Authograph.com 
and then you would sign in with like your Twitter account or you sign. I know it's changed recently. It's upgraded quite a bit. Um, but when I joined it, you signed up with your Twitter account and then you upload your books just by adding the Amazon, the little ISBN number. And someone will just go on there and search Lynn Rush. It'll show all my books and they can request autograph. And then I get pinged via email on my end and it says someone wants your autograph. So I go on, I write it, I use my iPad so I can handwrite my signature, and I just give them a little note, sign it, and hit send, and they get a PDF of my book cover with a personalized message below. It's awesome. I love it. That's a fabulous idea. That I love amazing. that idea. amazing. See all these little tidbits we glean? <laughs> yeah, you learn along the way big time in this industry, and, and I love it. It's never, it's never dull. That, that I can attest to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm still on my whirlwind launch, you know, with, with just the, the first few weeks under my belt. And uh, Carla will tell you, I've just been exhausted. Poor I've thing. Exhausted. She has. I mean, we have just wanted to feed her sleeping pills. So she would sleep because she's been so busy, you know, and she needs rest sometimes, you know. So, Yeah. Lynn, what prompted you to write in the paranormal and fantasy genres? Well, let's see. I don't even know where to start on this one because I grew up watching all those crazy, like, uh, Wonder Woman, you know, Bionic Woman, Six Million Dollar Man, Hulk, all that stuff. I've just always loved things that were just beyond me every day um, that I could escape into. And I always thought, oh, it'd be so cool to have a superpower, things like that. But I didn't grow up wanting to be a writer. So I didn't know all of this was, was feeding into what would lead me into writing 28 novels all in the paranormal genre. So I was always raised with that. And I fell into Charmed, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, all of that. So it just triggered you know, my desire to escape reality. But the main prompt, I'll tell you, Frank Peretti, he wrote This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness. That guy can write demons like no other. And I, I read one of his stories back in, I don't know, 2007. And I'm like, oh, I've got a story. Bam, started writing, you know, 2000, late 2007, but read, wrote a story. And I'm like, okay, I love it. I'm hooked. And 28 novels later, 28 novels in six years? Yeah, six I tell years? you, I couldn't shut my brain off. <laughs> Lynn, that's incredible. I can't even conceive of that. Well, get this, though. I don't have kids. I was unemployed for a while. So, I mean, I have plenty of time to write. Plus, I type 110 words a minute, so that helps, too. So, Oh, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous. It's time for MythPrint, tips and tricks of the industry. Well, it's time for another one of our special segments. MythPrint includes a basic tip concerning writing, marketing, or anything else to do with the industry. Lynn, do you have any tips about self-publishing that you can share with our listeners? I'm actually jumping into my first self-publishing adventure with the Touch of Frost trilogy, it's scheduled to release in September of this year, and I'm, I'm done with all of them. They're all written. The first one's all ready and formatted and everything. But my main suggestion is I would get three to five kind of mentor types, three to five people who have self-published 
whether they've had great success or not, and actually it's good to have varying levels, and find out what worked for them, what didn't work for them. Learn from their mistakes and just absorb it and then research as much as you can because there's so many different things like Kindle Select or yeah, it's such a huge ocean. It would help kind of narrow things down. That would probably be my biggest tip. Get three to five people that can really help you through it. That, that makes sense. Um, as, as anything, getting other people's opinions and, and getting that help. I know that's something we have with CMP. We have that, that camaraderie that we have with the other authors. And I think Lynn is our first author from, from Crescent Moon, I believe. But that being able to go to somebody and say, I have no clue how this works. Can you tell me how to do this, that, or the other thing is just so helpful and I can imagine that when you go into self-publishing having access to those more experienced minds would be a, a big a big boon as well it really is you know and the two things that I've really heard I mean there's a lot of things that are important of course but the two main things get yourself an amazing cover artist cover designist okay don't skimp and the second is don't skip on your editing because they hold self-pubs to a higher standard because of the past. And still, it happens now. You know, some maybe not so, you know, well-edited books get out there. Um, so those two things are huge. Get a great cover, get a great editor, and you're good and to you've go. done you've done your cover reveal for the first book in that series already, correct? I have. Jeannie, yeah, she's from uh, Will Design for Chocolate. Um, she's actually contracted by Crescent Moon Press to do... Jeannie Roosh? Yeah, and she's yeah. Done, she was on the show. Yep, yep. She's done all of my covers through Crescent Moon Press, and now my self-pubbing adventure. She's doing those too. That, that, yeah, it's she. I haven't seen a, a cover that I haven't liked from Crescent Moon, and I I haven't seen a cover that I haven't liked from Jeannie either. And uh, this one is beautiful. Uh, mm -hmm. I really loved it. The new one is is even even more gorgeous. You know, they get better and better. I've noticed. <laughs> Are fabulous. Lynn, writing is a process of so very many things. What do you love most about what you do? What I like the most is interacting with the readers. I love it when I get a note from a fan saying they read my book, they loved it. Oh my gosh, when's the next one coming out? Or how did you think of writing Emma? Or I like how kick-ass she is. Or things like that. I just, I really enjoy that because I, I, I've never had that, of course, you know, until I started writing. I didn't plan on writing, didn't, you know, jump into it and do short stories or articles anywhere. So it's my first experience. And it just makes me smile. And then to talk to them about what they thought. I was in a, Violet Minute was in a book club lately. And I loved reading what, what the, the readers wrote about it, where they thought the story would go as they would go, like, through chapters. And I love that interaction and their thought process because I like to, to see where they take the story. And that's that's exciting for me. So I love interacting with the readers and fans. Yeah, that is fun. I haven't had as much of it as you have, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to learn from you. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there after. It's only your first one, right? Right. Yeah, you'll get there. Well, Lynn, you have three series in the process. So you're you're very much an established author. Uh, twenty eight books, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, twenty eight books, absolutely. So I'm guessing that you're uh, probably have your writing routines established. Is there anything about the process you don't like? <laughs> well, 
as much as I love my day job as a bookstore assistant manager, sometimes it gets in the way and I just want to write all day long. Um, so the only part I don't like about, you know, the established writing process is sometimes I have to stop mid-thought, otherwise I'm going to be late for work. So I'm like, grr, I want to keep writing. So that would be the only thing that I don't like. What do you do to keep that thought fresh so that you don't lose it? Do you have any tips on that? Well, um, I might jot a couple notes down. Um, when I'm in a working document, like I, I'm, I'm writing another novel right now for a completely separate trilogy. Um, and when I see that my time is coming to an end, I'll kind of hit enter a few times and go down and just start just laying out words and thoughts, kind of free, free, you know, thinking, just bam, 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 bam. And so I can come back to it. But then a lot of times I have to go back and read like maybe a page to go, oh yeah, this is where I was going. <laughs> I am so surprised that I haven't heard anybody that I, that we've had or any guests that we've had use audio recorders. Um, for example, I, have an Ederol recorder that I use for remote podcasting and but you can do it with your iPad or anything else like that and you know when you're hot like that I mean so excited and, and right in the middle of that that thought process I don't know how you keep it even writing that free thinking post you know below to me I'd be wanting to speak okay I'm putting my jacket on as I'm walking out the door and, and by the way this one goes here and this does this and that does that and and I've got to remember to do this and I would be talking in my recorder you know or talking into my iPad so I wouldn't lose that passion that you know that whole thought process yeah I hear you on that and unfortunately sometimes I I can't spit my words out fast enough for how quickly my thoughts are going through my mind so I, I get fuddled with my speech so for me it's faster for me to quick type it out well at 110 words a minute I bet <laughs> no doubt but that's an interesting point that that Carlos brought up now that I think about it none of us none of the authors that have been on the show none of us have said and I use dictation uh, when my hand messes up on me I use dragon dictation software so you'd think it'd be a natural thing for me to jot notes down but i don't yeah I'm and you not, have an ipad not, i mean not, an ipod I mean, I, to record them you have an ipod i mean a, 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 an iphone and you also have a kindle i mean i i'm just so surprised that we have all these technologies that we're using for other things but we're not using all of the features that you know could help us and i i'm i'm i find that kind of fascinating I scribble them down sometimes, Lynn. How about you? <laughs> oh, I'm running because I'm a, I'm a runner, and I'm training for my first marathon ever, so I'm super excited. But mid-run, I'll get an idea. I'll get an opening line, or I'll get a train of thought. I will stop, whip out my iPhone, quick open a note, and type it out, and then start running again. So, yeah, anytime, I'll do it. Oh, wow. That I, is... that's, I, love, I love finding out these fascinating little tidbits about folks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, authors work in so many different ways. Are you a planner that outlines everything and makes extensive notes, or are you a pantser flying by the seat of your pants and kind of letting the book go where it will? Now, I'll be honest with you. I get a little nervous and kind of a little, you know, shaky when I hear the whole idea of plotting, extensive notes, everything. That freaks me out. 
Um, I've never been that way, and it works for a lot of people. I haven't found that that works for me yet. I, I mean, it could change, but for me, part of it is sitting down in front of that blank page and just typing. I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I kind of have an idea in the back of my mind, um, but I don't have anything down, written down or anything. So I love that part. Um, and then the characters. Sometimes you'll see my Facebook or Twitter posts saying, oh, I didn't expect my character to do that. <laughs> so That's I'm cool. <laughs> A woman after my own heart. Absolutely. Lynn, I've, I've already read part of your series, but could you tell us a little bit more about your next project? Yeah, so that's an interesting story. <laughs> Touch of Frost was something that um, I'd written a long time ago. It's one of my earlier ones that has since gone through revisions, of course. And I just couldn't get my little, you know, high school almost done like in five days high schooler, she's an ice-slinging, snarky girl getting chased by scalpel-wielding, you know, scientists want to figure out why she can freeze things she touches or blows, you know, like her breath at, things like that. Um, and I, she's just always been close to me, and so I said, you know what, I want to try this self-publishing thing, and I want to follow her journey. So I follow little Mandy Smith, which, you know, isn't really her name, uh, because she's hiding from people, right? So Mandy Smith, I want to take her through, you know, the last couple days of high school, you know, some first loves, and then jump her into college, because I'm, you know, a new adult uh, category writer, and uh, see where it takes me, and through the, by the third one, I was like, really? I didn't expect that, but oh, it's so fun. So I just enjoy the, the whole ice-slinging, you know, 17-year-old girl. <laughs> I, I love hearing the joy in your voice when you talk about your books. And, and I love that with, I think, every author we've had on here. But, but you just have a, a spark that it, you, were, you can tell that you just really enjoy this process. You really enjoy writing, and you really enjoy sharing your stories, and I'm glad you do because I enjoy reading them. Well, thank you. Yeah, I and like I said, I never expected to be in this situation to be multi-published author, um, but I tell you, I I couldn't be happier doing it. I really enjoy it. Well, we've seen a lot of changes in the industry in the last couple of years. Do you feel the changes have impacted your own work? And if so, in what ways and how do you feel about those changes? I think no matter what you do, what you're involved with, the, the only thing constant is change, you know, and you have to be, you know, creative and adaptive. And you always have to have a teachable spirit because you never know it all. And the day you think you do, you're in trouble. So, yeah, you know, all these changes that have been happening since I started, basically I started in 2008. So over the years, I've seen, you know, the self-publishing just be like, ooh, you're self-publisher, get away, to, okay, you're self-publisher, cool, you know, that's, that's more acceptable. I, I was looking at USA Today bestseller list, the top 150, and, you know, I saw several self-published, 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 you know, and I think that impacted my decision to try self-publishing. So I'm adapting, I'm, I'm checking, you know, opportunities out, researching them. I had a good friend, um, Kendall Gray, you know, she's a self-publisher who's done very well. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot from her. And then I 
I've, I know a couple that maybe aren't, you know, enjoying the process as much. And like I said, you know, ask a few people and, you know, adapt and figure out what works for you. Because really, you know, you got to do with what you feel is good. And, and so I'm going to give it a shot and always keep an open mind. You never know what's going to change in the industry. What a great answer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the myth number is. And now it's time for myth number, our word of the day. Today's word is marketing. Lynn, we already touched on this a little bit, but do you have anything else to add about marketing from the author's point of view, especially go, as you're going into the, the self-publishing? Well, as far as marketing, I think what the readers like are a bunch of authors getting together. And I've found that that helps, you know, because as an author, you're always looking for new readers. Like, who else might be interested in my stories? Who else can I tell about them and re have them read and read? And, and I think when you join up with a bunch of authors, one, you can give a bigger prize because you're all donating and readers always love bigger prizes you know, doing an adventure like our Twitter party this exactly. Tuesday. And, um, and I think you get to cross fan bases too. So maybe some of Mary's fans never would have thought of mine, my books or heard of me and they might try them and, and vice versa. And so I think that's awesome because then you can meet more people and widen your readership and get the word out there while helping other authors and, and opening um, readers' eyes to new stories that they never would have tried. So I think joining forces is, is a great way to market. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, especially because our genres are, are similar enough that we're all at the same house. But we've got YA, we've got NA, we've got I'm Adult uh, Urban Fantasy, YA Young Adult, uh, new, NA New Adult, of course. And I think that, that covers it, right? So. We've got those three genres. And it's fantasy and paranormal and urban fantasy. And it's just, I, I, I think it's a good mix. But I'm, I'm really excited about this party, Lynn. I really am. Um, it is going to be epic. It's going to be great. <laughs> but, you know, what goes along with this whole question on marketing is something so simple that all of you that are doing this big event Tuesday, I think it is Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, yeah. Um, is the fact that you all bring something different to the table because of your backgrounds, you know, with mayor and theater and then also becoming a, you know, a professor in and teaching college and your background and, the, you know, the other people involved, their background. And I'm going to go back to mayor because mayor's like a gamer. So she's bringing in a gaming genre. Um, she's bringing a whole unique you know, entourage of people that she's met. And so that's what, how marketing and social media works so well is each one of you, as you band together and you work together cohesively, you're spreading this out amongst social media so broadly because of all of the connections that each of you have because of your personal background. And I just think that it's amazing how the social media marketing works for writers. I think that it's probably the best thing ever. You know? I agree. You're right on target there. Yeah, yeah, 
and it's it, you know and for those who are listening after may 21st i'm sorry you missed it and we may do another one so check back <laughs> but uh yeah those of you who are listening before may 21st it's it's Sounds like a a big, exciting party. And Lynn, is it okay if we go ahead and plug the others and and talk about, uh, mention that Lindsay R. Looks will be there, uh, Katie O'Sullivan and Carrie Rader. So the five of us are are doing uh, uh, hashtag uh, magic, and that's M-A-G-I-C-K-E-D. And you'll be able to interact with Lynn and me and those other three authors. It's going to be epic. I can't wait to see. It's going to go move so fast. We're going to have so much fun. It is going yeah, to be and that's, amazing. That's what, time, what time are we doing that, Lynn? At 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. For two hours on Twitter. I've never and, two hour party, so this, this is going to rock. <laughs> yeah, so, Lynn is our expert on this. So, so explain we're, what um, you're going to do. Care- Explain what you're going to do. Together, but uh, with Lynn's help and, and the rest of us going, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> So, they, I mean, we've already delved into it. So, explain to our listeners what you guys are going to do. I mean, as far as are you going to be taking questions and answers and having contests? I mean, tell people what you're going to be doing, basically. Yes. Doing all of that. We're going to have tasks where, hey, go like this page and you earn entry toward the $100 gift card. Or, you know, go like this page. Or, hey, what are you guys reading? Who's your favorite um, like supernatural character, what's your favorite, you know, things like that. Oh, fun, fun, fun. And it moves fast. Lynn has warned us that it moves very fast because, of course, it's on Twitter and you don't have people writing very long posts. That's so they've, they've got to get that information out there. So um, it, it's going to be interesting because I don't type 110 words a minute. So. Oh, that's so, going to be fun chat.com and refresh it refreshes automatically every five seconds and it automatically adds the hashtag so you're halfway there just quick typing (laughs) yeah see she's teaching us all this stuff so lynn is just this this fount of information it's awesome okay well let's keep up with the fun stuff lynn if you could have a dinner party with any seven people living dead or fictional who would you include and why Oh dear! As for the why, I can I can answer that first um, because they're all inspirational, strong, um, have a lot of kickassery about them, um, and they're all intriguing and intense. So now I'm going to name them. Okay, ready? Absolutely. Ready. <laughs> Frank Peretti, The Terminator, Wonder Woman. Jesus, Superman, and Frank, and the band Skillet. Okay, if I have to pick one, it's the lead singer of Skillet. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun party! <laughs> it's gonna be wild. <laughs> that is an awesome list. That's a great list. I'm just so inspired by each and every one of them, even though some of them are fictional. I mean, think of Wonder Woman. I mean, hello. She's like, I mean, you think I'd have Buffy on there, but that's just a given with me, so. (laughs) So she'll probably tag along anyway, right? (laughs) Via Skype or something. (laughs) Great list. Great list, Lynn. Okay, what question do you never get asked? And I know you've done quite a few interviews. You've done so many different uh, social appearances and things. What question do you never get asked that you wish someone would ask you? 
And what would you answer? This is a tough question for me because you're right. I've been interviewed a ton. I've been on like six blog tours and everything like that. But, you know, the one question that I never get asked is why are your heroines always so kick-ass? Now, a lot of people make comments about it. Man, your heroines always kick-ass. They're so strong. You know, things like that. But they never ask me why I started writing kick-ass heroines. And... Um, like I said earlier, what I grew up watching, you know, Buffy, Charmed, Bionic Woman, Wonder Woman. And I loved a strong woman that still had a sensitive side. You know what I mean? Like, look at Buffy and, you know, Charmed. I mean, those guys were like, holy emotions up and down. Um, but I just love it because they always were able to overcome what was thrown at them, even though it sometimes hurt and they had to sacrifice. And I love that. And I will, I will write about that forever, I think. And Emma is definitely that way, uh, uh, and and she's fabulous. Um, she's got the right amount of kick-ass, but she's not she's not whining because some of them, you know, will whine, go out and kick ass, and then come home and whine. And she doesn't do that, and and I like that about her. Oh yeah, yeah, I love my Emma. She's she's awesome. Well, everyone has their own personal myths things a lot of people think about us that may or may not be true, their own personal myth behaviors, if you will. What myth behavior do people believe about you that is absolutely not true? I had to think about this one, too. You know, I'm kind of an open book online for the most part, um, which you see is what you get. And I post a lot about running, um, cycling, you know, I did rag bry last year, you know, 407 miles in five days to raise money for cancer. And, you know, so a lot of people think that I'm super duper fit and I don't ever eat bad. I eat all this, you know, I sit around and, you know, eat vegetables instead of ice cream. And that's so not true. I would eat malted milk balls and chocolate and all that stuff until I went into a coma you know, and so it's definitely not true. I'm not the perfect uh, uh, specimen of fitness or healthy eating habits. I do try, but I'm definitely not the perfect specimen. <laughs> I love that answer because I did. I just pictured you with your your little um, grass food <laughs> and uh, your little blended drinks and you know, your what your little green drinks or whatever it is they're called. I just pictured you with all this stuff. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Lynn, what myth behavior do people believe about you that really is true? Yeah. That I'm kinda nuts and, you know, touch a touch a crazy. I was I'm a speed junkie. I'm a former inline speed skater, um, mountain, you know, I love mountain biking, things like that. I type super fast, I, I write books super fast, things like that. So, yeah, it's true. I, I picked my last name, Rush, yeah, because I'm into the fast and the speed. So that's pretty much true. <laughs> Fabulous answer. Absolutely. Well, Lynn, this has just been such an exciting interview. I can't believe it's already over. I want to thank you so much for being our guest. We appreciate your information and sharing with us. Um, everything that you've just done. I mean, this has just been an amazing time. Thank you. Yeah, Lynn, we do appreciate you being with us today. I, I think you've given us a lot of great information. Um, I want to personally thank you again for your support and help with, with me over the last couple of months. Uh, 
you've, you've been fabulous with uh, your advice. And I wish you only the very, very best of luck with your continued success because we know you're, you're already successful. So we're going to wish that you continue that. Thanks so much, you guys. Well, remember, everyone, you can go to MythBehaving.com for more information on Lynn Rush and links to her books. And you can also read her bio and find links to all of her social media. Don't forget, you can download this episode on iTunes or listen right on the MythBehaving.com website. Please take a moment to leave us a positive feedback on iTunes. That's how we move up the iTunes ladder. And don't forget, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, too. Well, thank you for tuning in to Myth Behaving. We'll see you again next time. I'm Carla. And I'm Mare. And we are Myth Behaving, where reality meets fantasy. See you soon. <laughs>